0: Just, I'm just going to put your slide up here, okay? So you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: All right. Before I go into this, I also want to say that that scripture is so important. The way Pastor Andre broke it down last week was right, really touched me because it broke it down into terms that in the day-to-day living, Um, sometimes we read scripture and the words just go over our head what I love about Ruach Church and I'm going to be a little advertisement for Ruach City Church (laughs) right now but Pastor Andre, Rachel and Rick are amazing at helping us to use the word daily in our lives as a guide in how to live out our lives, our struggles, our trials and our joys Um, and we're so thankful to them for this Um, we came here not expecting to come to this church and we found it and we found a home and we are so thankful as well for all of you and all of you here as our brothers and sisters in Christ Uh, I'm going to talk about an unhealthy and toxic relationship An unhealthy or toxic relationship is a relationship where behaviors of someone in the relationship have become mentally, emotionally, and or physically damaging to the other person in the relationship. Toxic relationships are characterized by insecurity, self-centeredness, dominance, abuse of any kind, disrespect, and control. A lot of times, a toxic relationship sneaks in inadvertently. Um, When we're courting um, each other, we normally don't expose our whole selves. We're not really comfortable sharing everything about who we are. Um, We're on our best behavior, and we want to impress the person, and... We all have issues. This is not a judgment session. We all have different things that we have to work on. We all have things that we've carried from our past into this new relationship, sometimes completely unaware that it's even there Um, until there's a blow-up. And a lot of times we've had plenty of those. And a lot of times in the blow-ups, like we kind of just, you know, Mold them over, said we're sorry, never got to the root of it. You hear all the time you have to get to the root of it, and we're like, Yeah, 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 I gotta go to therapy. But you know, but it's really true because these things eat us up from the inside out. And they eat us up in a way where we are not able to be our true authentic self because we've been deeply hurt. Maybe we saw something someone else being hurt. Um, it didn't ha- doesn't have to necessarily be something that happened to you specifically. You could have been a witness to something. And that can totally change your perspective uh, of people and who you can trust. Um, as we become more comfortable in trusting, we become more vulnerable and open. So in the beginning of our relationship, you know, w- Ben and I started out as friends. We worked together. We worked in the same place. He was my boss. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and um, But we came really friendly. And ironically, one of the things that really drew me towards him in the relationship was there were people in our office that were not very kind to him. And they were not real happy working under a black man. Um. I am blessed that my parents were very loving, understanding, open-minded, love everyone. Um, to their dismay, I probably dated a lot more black men than they would have liked.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I had no, <laughs> I had no judgment. They taught me how to love everyone, and I never saw skin color or anything like that and that's what i love about my folks and of course uh in my mother's family there was a there was more prejudice um the italian side and a lot of her anxiety over my dating men of color was what's the family going to think not so much that she didn't like it she and she knew i was a strong person and i was going to date who i wanted and this, and this was high school. I mean, I was doing this in high school. And this is in the 70s. And, like, nobody was doing this. But you know what? I didn't care. He's fine. <laughs> and do you want to dance? <laughs> you know. So I, I just, that's just who I am. And I, and I attribute that to my family and the way that they never used the N-word in our house ever. Um, there were other people in our family who did. But um, my parents were very clear on that was not acceptable. And so um, when I met Ben, I had already had dated a few boys, young men. And when I met That's him, right, boys. <laughs> when <laughs> I met him, um, I really part of me <laughs> did not want to get my <laughs> mom upset again. So when he did start pursuing me, I was like, I, I, can't, I can't date you. I can't do this to my mom. And that was my thoughts. I didn't say that to him. I kind of just put it off. Um, and then what wound up happening was he moved to another department. Um, our friendship continued. And I started dating other guys. And then I started dating specifically other white guys to make my family happy. And I wasn't happy because my heart had already been pulled to someone else. And I finally said to him, all right, you know what? And he pursued me, what, about a year? It was about a year? Almost year. a year and a half. I <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Almost a year and a half.
1: <laughs> and I thought, you know, I'm, I Christine, you know who you are, and there were things I knew about myself then, and I knew what I wanted and what I didn't want. And I did want to get to know him better. So um, we started dating. We were secretly dating until the day that um, he came over from Philly. He came over from Philly and uh, we, we we met in our space down by the Tycone Bridge. We popped in the Roger Wilco and my brother came in <laughs> and saw us <laughs> together. And he's like, oh, Chrissy, who's this? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, this is my friend Ben. And so it all came out. And, of course, the family, my family, some of you have met them. They're very loving and very accepting. And that was the beginning of us feeling, me feeling comfortable with a relationship with him. So that was all roses and everything wonderful in the beginning. And we were both on our best behavior. And he was the greatest thing. And he treated me really great. And... (laughs) um, But then um, what started, well, again, uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul speaks of how we should love. And again, you know, we didn't really follow that much back then. But it's definitely a really good guideline that we've continued to use. um, And we wanted to bring it up again today because it is something for you to take home with you to look at. And it's not always easy to do because our moods are. We may not feel like yeah. being that person today. Or um, I thought of a funny story. Don't get mad at me for going on, but I thought of a funny story. <laughs> like, have you ever, like, have you ever gotten a fight with your significant other or a brother or whoever, and you're really mad and you're frustrated, and then they go off, and then they. <laughs> Like have this bag of snacks or something and they're walking and then they trip and the food goes everywhere and you're like uh, that's what you get <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get there's a choice in there <laughs> and this is a simple one to say am I just going to be like that's what you get and walk away or am I going to stop and help them pick up that mess that's something that you know we we don't normally really really think about doing. And I thought of it um, when we were going over this because I thought of the night you spilled the s- stuff out of the <laughs> out of the sewing bag, and I was kind of like, you know, uh, he could pick that up himself. I'm not, gonna <laughs> and I just something it was had to be the Holy Spirit said get up and help the guy, you know. It's late at night. He shouldn't have to be doing it. And I was like, that's not me. You know what I mean? That was a tugging of the Holy Spirit to say, swallow your pride. Go over there and help him. It's late at night. Putting all these little pieces of a sewing basket. I mean, a guy was sewing. He's helping me. And here I am like, mm, that's what you <laughs> get. You know? So these are choices that we have to make, and they're not always easy. But they – As long as we try to stay aware of them, um, they can come up at any time, and that was a recent one. So um, the other thing in that is we become guarded in relationships when we become more open and trusting. Um, When we become complacent in a relationship, flaws begin to emerge. Um, An example of shutting down can come from anywhere once we're vulnerable. And um, have you ever opened up to someone with something, not necessarily a secret, but you feel really comfortable with them and you want to share something about yourself? And you feel comfortable enough to say this to them and, you know, think, oh, maybe they can help me through this, this. And then they come back and use it against you. And Or you have the perception that they're using it against you. It could be one of the two things, yeah. as we're finding out um, in the growth of our marriage. Uh, once that happens, the trust is broken because you use something that I, out of my heart and soul, shared with you and no one else, and you just threw that back in my face to win an argument, to hurt me, whatever their intention may be. So the relationship breaks down. And these are little things that can happen, maybe not so much in the very beginning of your relationship, but as you do begin to draw closer and feel comfortable, for some reason it's, it's a flaw in all of us that God did not put there. But we become self-centered, and we have motives for whatever reason to hurt that person. I had a really bad day today, and you know what? You're going to feel it, too. (laughs) So I'm just going to lash out at you. And these are the things we have to be careful of in our relationships, because they are not of God. They are not of each other. They are not of us that's not the character that God's given us, but the enemy enemy finds a space in and knows your weakness. And do you ever wonder why, like, you have the same fight over and over and over and over <laughs> and over <laughs> and over again? I mean, we it, it we've, we kind of realize it now and we chuckle and we'll say to each other, you know what that is? I know what that is. And we kind of do that now just to be a little more aware of what's going on, that it's not him that's trying to hurt me. It's it's a force in the spiritual realm of something that is a weakness of mine that I'm allowing the evil one to come in. And and we fight, fight against that as much as we can. Um... Let's see. When this happens, you feel that there's no give and no take. It's all give and no take. There's no trust. There's judgment. You feel disrespected. Um, If your relationship stops bringing you joy, peace, contentment, and instead consistently makes you feel sad, angry, anxious, depressed, it's probably toxic and very unhealthy for the both of you. And in Philippians 2 and 5 says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Again, not easy. You're going to hear me saying that a lot because I know it's not easy. I, you know, like I know this stuff, but I don't always do it. And him and I always, you know, go back to that. Jesus was humble, he obeyed God, served his people. He served out of obedience of his love for God, not out of guilt and fear. We need to choose our attitude. And I spoke about this a little bit earlier about making these choices. You can approach life expecting to be served. I think that sometimes, like, that's what I want. I want to be served. It's, it's supposed to be about serving others. That's what Jesus did. And he was the son of man, and he was the king, and he, ser- he served others. Like, that's not a lot to expect of us if we want to love the way Jesus Christ loved. It's very basic and simple, not easy. I probably wrote that a million times in here because I that's just – I have to keep telling myself that because I have to keep working on that. We don't always feel like serving. Like I said, you know, you spill the things. You were a jerk. I'm not cleaning that up. You pick it up yourself. So, you know, and I, I'm a, I, I've done that. I've done it <laughs> recently. So <laughs> um, and what happens for the most part when you do serve people and try and make that choice that you're just going to do that nice thing for someone that maybe, you know, that's not easy to do it for. Usually what, uh, there's a couple of things that happen. It either gets reciprocated, like they'll, they may do the same thing for you, and that's not why you're doing it, but they get a feeling of love, and they want to either reciprocate it with you or pass it on to someone else. You get that good feeling of knowing that you did something good and you just want to share it. And that's what we want to remember. That's what love is. And you make the right choice. You'll never know whose life could be changed by your choice in that moment to care and to love that person. Those are things that we try to remember when we are in the midst of not in a good space. Pluck ourselves out of that head space that's not good. And many of you probably have seen a smile, a phone call, something that you've given someone, and they may get off the fence and say, boy, I, needed, I need to hear that today. I felt like God just wasn't here How did they know to call me and say those words? That's God. Be aware of it. Let's be receptive to that.
0: All right, so I want you to look at this slide. And this is something that I believe for sure that positive relationships benefit everybody. People are happier in positive relationships. People are healthier in positive and supportive relationships. They are more energetic and enthusiastic in these type relationships. They are more empowered. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I forgot to put the mic up here. Okay. People are more empowered, more creative, and more innovative. Wow. I couldn't forget this uh, booming voice. And people will like spending more time with you in a happy relationship. Just ask this one. We've had some times when we just, we loved each other, but we did not really like each other right now. We've had some. But if we really think positive and good relationships make us happy, healthier, and more satisfied with life, how do we start to develop these positive relationships as opposed to the ones that we have now that may not be there? Well, this is gonna probably be a surprise to a lot of us, but it starts with you and it starts with me. If I wanna have a better relationship with my wife, I can't change her. I can change how I deal with her. If she wants to have a better relationship with me, She can change how she deals with me. And in seeing how the other person deals with you and works with you, that will generally make you want to work the same way with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's where we have to start. And so I always say, and Pastor Rick hit on this when he gave us our first uh, uh, teaching in relationships, we have to do this. We have to examine the relationship that we have with ourselves. Uh, Basically, uh, if the relationship you have with yourself isn't positive and healthy, you're gonna have a tough time having that kind of relationship with somebody else. Some of us don't really like ourselves much at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you can't see the good in you, how am I gonna see it in her or you or anybody else? We're not going to see that. It's just not going to happen. And in uh, Psalms 139.14, it says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that means that when we look at our own character, our strengths, our weaknesses, and our purposes, God put a lot of good things in each one of us. And he put that in us for his glory, but for us to have an abundant life as well. And if we spend our time talking negative stuff to ourself, thinking insecure, inferior, dark thoughts, guess what? That stuff is going to roll right over into your character, and what's in your character is going to roll right over into your relationship. That's just how it goes. <laughs> so, you know, as Ephesians 5.8 uh, says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Uh, good interpersonal relationships have to have a solid foundation in good intrapersonal relationships. The one that you have with yourself. you got to build healthy and positive self-esteem. You've got to let go of some of the stuff that you've been holding on to. pastor said something like that as well. You've got to let go of that stuff. And a lot of this stuff, uh, I think Chris was having a conversation outside earlier with uh, Pastor Rick, and she was talking about how something had happened with her when she was six years old was still there. A lot of this stuff enters us in childhood and we just carry it around our entire lives, never wondering why does this keep happening? Because there's a spirit inside of you that you've got to get rid of. And every time you get rid of that spirit, but you don't get rid of the baggage it's attached to, it comes right back. (laughs) That's how it works. So love yourself first. And then you'll find it easier to extend that same love to somebody else. Uh, And after you start loving yourself, learn to do this. Uh Uh-oh, I I see it uh, turning, but I'm going to tell you. What it means is you have to accept and celebrate differences. Every person is different than the other person next to them. None of us are the same. Uh, This is a real big challenge for us because a lot of times, We want people to be like us. We want them to think like us. We want them to act like us. We want them to feel like us. You know what? It almost seems like we want them to be us. But guess what? They're not you and you're not them. They are different. You know, Except that the person who's in a relationship with you is probably different than you. And learn to celebrate that difference. It's funny to me because when people really get us, we feel good. But you know what? That's just not how it is. But but don't just believe me. Have a conversation with somebody who's a Democrat and you're a Republican. <laughs> how well does that go over these days? Uh, have a conversation with somebody about religion and they're Methodist or Baptist and you're Catholic or a denomin- non-denominational Christian. Doesn't go over well. We spend so much time fighting about what we have in different. We don't ever look to see what we have in common and say, you know what, I'm going to work with that. And that's what we need to do. Uh, The differences that we find in people are very often the things that attract us to one another. Different, different race, different culture. Very different. Different age categories. She's 10 years younger than me. All right? So... (laughs) those are the things that attract us to one another and we get all giddy about it and we're all courting and having fun but then five years later it's starting to irritate you now because she ain't doing things the way I do them she don't talk to me the way I talk to her that's what we have to do and guess what I don't know how many of you may have seen the movie Rocky all right you know what Rocky said to Adrian you got gaps I got gaps (laughs) and you know what those differences, they allow us to fill in the gaps in our relationship. And where I'm weak, she's strong. Where I'm strong, she's weak. We fill it in and we get through life together. And all those things we've been through, every time I look back on, it, I say, wow, you believe we did that, hon? Yes, we did. The other thing that I'm learning, which. <laughs> is can, I just, can I just interject? Yes, you can, can, sweetie.
1: Okay. Something happened this morning. It was interesting. We were having a discussion about this. <laughs> And I know, I know, you don't have to gather my thoughts. (laughs) Um, We were talking about uh, some of the stuff that I deal with, and I have anxiety issues and I deal with depression and that kind of thing. And something he said this morning really made me think. Um, We were talking about how important it is that we understand how each other feel And the thought came to me as we're doing that that I don't need him to understand how I feel because I don't want him to understand how I feel when I'm anxious. I don't want him to have that same pit in your stomach, dark side I don't, I, that's not what I want. So, God, give me the words to pray for what it is I do want from him. I just want him to understand me and what I'm feeling. I don't want him to know what I'm feeling. Just, I just want him to feel that I'm in a place where I need him to be supportive. Because I don't want to pass that negativeness onto my rock. All right. And vice versa.